Welcome, everybody, to the That Kind of Nerd Podcast. I am CJ Mellon. I am Brian Thornton. And I am Josh Burns. Welcome to our show. Episode 7 is titled Wibbly Wobbly Stuff. We talk about Harry Shearer leaving The Simpsons and the fate of his 25 characters. We talk about Doctor Who and Josh's article of Who for Beginners. We talk about why this show is so important to us and why you should be watching it. Finally, we round out with DC on TV. We talk about the spinoffs that are coming out of Flash and Arrow and CBS's Supergirl. The conversation gets very interesting, and we can't wait to hear your feedback. All right, so there's a, a couple of bits of news that came across the internet in like the last 48 hours, uh, and I definitely want to get to a bunch of exciting things because we're going to talk a little bit about DC as well. But the first thing I kind of want to start off with is um, is the news that happened out of the out of the Simpsons. Uh, so Harry Shearer, who does about 25 voices on the Simpsons uh, cast. Uh, just the main ones that he does are, are uh, Montgomery Burns, not to be confused with Josh Burns, uh, Ned Flanders, and Principal Skinner. I mean, just literally just a few of the main voices that are leaving the show. And it's one of those things where I was just like, I don't know how to take this because The Simpsons has had such a, a long run on TV. And I have mixed feelings about it because I'll be honest, I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was a kid. My mom and dad did not like it in our house, so it was the show that I would sneak off to when I went to my friend's house and to to, to start watching it that way. Uh, so I, I was kind of wondering if you guys had had any relationship with The Simpsons that was like that or, or that was different and how you kind of feel a, about this kind of news. Let's, let's start with um, let's start with Josh. I uh I watched The Simpsons when it was still on Tracy Ullman because my dad liked the Tracy Ullman show. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, and I'm uh, you know, I think I was eight at that point. So and then when it came out on uh, Fox, I was maybe nine. And it it was it was funny back then. And I, I remember uh, not so much identifying with the characters, but appreciating uh, the humor even back then. And as I got older, the humor got funnier and funnier and funnier. And then you look back on some of those old episodes and realize you didn't get what they were talking about. You just, right. You, you just thought the fart jokes were funny. It, it's one of those things that's kind of like South park. You know, obviously South park is uh, an homage to the Simpsons at, at times. And it's one of those things are just like, I can see why my parents didn't want me to watch this, but I see a lot of cultural events happening within the show. Brian, right. I think you, you kind of had the same experience with me, right? You weren't watching the Simpsons when you were a teenager or anything like that, right? No, no. I, I would well, like you. I grew up in a house that uh, really didn't watch the Simpsons or, or really want me to watching the Simpsons or anything like that. So I, I knew like I Caramba, I knew Heidi Ho, their neighbor and then that kind of stuff. But I, I never really got into the show uh, until honestly recently uh, when FX did their Every Simpsons Ever marathon. Yeah, I caught a couple hours of it there. I was like, oh wow, this is actually pretty funny and pretty enjoyable. Um, for me, it, it was I would sneak over to my friend's house to watch South Park. Um, so I, I never really got into Simpsons until recently. So which is way worse, just way <laughs> worse. So it's it's one of those moments where you know I don't know. Uh, how the other cast members feel, but we're going on what 26 seasons. Have we had a show ever run this, this long before? No, 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 this is it. And they just got renewed for two more. I I just read. Yeah. They're, they're going for the 27th and 28th, right? They're renegotiating salaries for it. Something, something if I remember correctly, he, he he walked away from like what? 14 million 
dollars to do this? A lot of money. I mean, it's at the end of the day, though, you got to admire the integrity of, of the decision. Um, he didn't want to compromise, you know, the, the projects he wanted to work on. So he just chose to work on other projects. And, you know, I'm sure there's other stuff when you're on a cast and you're with the same people for decades. I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff, but they're not they're not going to. They're not going to take out those characters, though. They're just going to find other people who can do their voices. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, that's, and, and I think that's, that's sad. And that's the good part. No, that's not good because it's never going to be. They're not going to be identical. You, they're going to be an imitation. Uh, someone impersonating Harry Shearer doing Smithers. And I, I don't want to hear that. Right. I want to hear Smithers. Well, I think you're going to get some people. I think they're going to take some characters away, and some of these characters that he does, they're they're bit parts. Like he does FBI agents, and he does you know the homeless guys, and he does people that you know welcome to the shop, Willie. So I mean, some of those characters they're going to go away. You're never going to notice. Um, but like, um, Beard, dude, you would notice talking? Beardman not being there. I mean, he pops up, <laughs> he pops up in weird scenarios, but that one line, it's always a good one. That's always a good one. But. I'm okay with this because I still feel like they want the show to go on. They still want it to have the same integrity. This is it. They're not admitting defeat, but in my eyes, this is a huge blow to the Simpsons franchise. And I know that they're negotiating for two more seasons, but the question is, how much longer can you go? 28 years, by the way, in television, that's freaking unheard of. I mean, there's not even, there's some news programs that haven't been running 28 years. So, I mean, not only have the people just been bringing just these are facts, like these are just facts that people are presenting. The Simpsons has laid groundwork for people's careers. Conan O'Brien, I mean, got his big break as a writer for The Simpsons. And there's so many people who have made cultural impacts due to this. The question is, do you think this show has much longer in it? Do you think viewers will come to listen to impersonations of these famous characters? No, I think that the reason you have – FX doing every Simpsons ever and still running Simpsons episodes is because it's it's winding down. They know that. And and as a as someone who's loved the show, I haven't watched The Simpsons on its scheduled airtime in I don't I it's got to be 10 years. Yeah, I mean, the same thing uh, even right now Fox is doing new episodes and I just like Brian said when the Simpsonity thing happened on FX and every Simpsons ever that's where I really started to deep dive and get exposed to it. Uh, you know, my wife, my wife has been watching The Simpsons for a long time and even jokes that, you know, her dad and her brother literally had a Bart and Homer thing where my, my father-in-law would grab my brother-in-law by the <laughs> throat. So, I mean, it, it has some impact on, on people. And I'm wondering, you know, what this says about other television series. You know, is this something that... Are we going to see people starting to to notice it and start writing it into their own shows? Are we going to see things like South Park maybe examining how much longer they have left? Are we going to see other cartoon series go, well, shit, you know, The Simpsons went for 30 years. We, you know, we can't even get past season seven. Are they going to adjust themselves to kind of make their voice actors happy? Does that make sense? I may just ramble. No, I, 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 I don't I think you're I think you're thinking a little too. Deep I think you're overthinking it. it. Yeah. I mean, okay, honestly, in the world of te- television, you, you get 10 seasons and that's a great run. It's unheard of to go as long as The Simpsons have. And from what I understand from some of the fans, it probably shouldn't have gone on this long as it is. It's starting to get stale. So 
I mean, you'll probably get like South Park is really good at being able to remain topical. So I'm sure they'll have an episode that kind of nods to it or addresses it in some sort of way if, you know, it ever does start to die. But um, yeah, at this point, it's just I think it's continuing just for the novelty of continuing just for the the fact that, oh, we have a show that's been on for 30 years. Um, I I think some of the the creators may be getting burned out or want to go on to other projects, which is probably what what he's doing here, which is which is great. So my thought came back into my head and rationalized itself this time and fully went out. So now I think I have a, a better thesis or at least a hypothesis for it. There's the the old adage and South Park even literally called it out. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Uh, there's so many times you're watching a television series or a television show and you're just like, that's a Simpsons episode. That Oh, that's a Simpsons. Oh, yeah, Simpsons but it's, did that. it's more than that. It's It's become cultural satire. Right. No, but my question is now are are if this if this is the sign of the end of the Simpsons, are we gonna see people forgetting the fact that this was already done before and we're gonna see people hashing ideas that the Simpsons done and get away with it? No. No. You no? I, I mean just look at it this way. I mean what, Seinfeld has been off the air for how long now? Ten, and you still years? can't oh. say what is the deal with right. airplane. And, and, and anytime anybody goes, well, not that there's anything wrong with that. They do that little right. hand motion. Right, like right, right. It, it, it's so impactful. That's so true. Like, like I literally still do the hand motion when I go, well, 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 not that there's anything wrong with that. Like he did that at work. I did it at work the other day, other day with you, and I just do it subconsciously. Um, it, it, so I, I don't think you're going to hear anybody like start to try and rehash old Simpsons jokes. If anything, it'll be an homage. To what the Simpsons have done, it, yep. it's a huge show. It, it's impacted television forever. It, it's never going to die fully. Die that way. So let's let's say the Simpsons does bite the the dust, and they're in negotiations for these next two seasons. Let's just say we only get one more. So this is a two part question: How would you like to see the show go out? And then, what do you think fills that vacuum? In there, or do you think anything can fill the vacuum that The Simpsons will leave? I think that The Simpsons ending will start the end of the animation craze. Uh, we've already lost Futurama. Nobody watches Family Guy. South Park sucks. There's just no. I I don't think you get anything as honest or as funny or as upfront or as uh took took events and and was able to spin them and shape them and. I mean, there's books written on how the the Simpsons uses religion, and there's the oh my god that that book by the way, the Simpsons Bible, right. that's actually a really good book. Yeah, because it was one of the counters I had to to my parents not watching it because there literally is a prayer in every Simpsons episode, even if it's dear God, please let me get one channel <laughs> counts. Right, right, counts. Yeah, it counts. Count it. Chalk it up. Yeah, I, I don't. So, I don't think um, you see. I don't think that you see anything that can fill the void. Um, I, I think that it, it leaves a massive hole, but that animation is on its way out anyway, at least in, in this comic show type way. So, Brian, you, you too on this part. How do you want to see The Simpsons go out and what do you think will fill the void? Or is this going to just put a black eye on on programs that are similar to this? I mean, I, I think uh, the, the creator um, – and the, the crew of Simpsons have proven that they can do a season finale, a series finale, fantastically well. I mean, they, they wrapped up Futurama extremely well. So I really don't have any hopes or dreams on, on how we see Homer and the, and the gang kind of end. I'm sure they'll, they'll do it fantastically. Um, it, it's just I, I don't think this 
I mean, I, I, I can definitely see Josh's point. I mean, Simpsons is what started this whole animation craze, uh, the adult animation uh, comedy craze, and, and it, it could also spell the end for it. I don't think anybody should try to fill that void. I think it, it's, it's a void that's unfillable. Um, I think if they do anything, they need to go completely out of left field and do something completely different and, and try and see if it's successful. And if it's not, then then it's not. So that kind of leads me to the, the next point is are are we worried about the Simpsons jumping the shark at the series finale? Like, are you worried? Like, they've done everything and they've pioneered so many things. How do you end a series I like read, that? I read a theory somewhere and I can't remember where it is. So sorry for, you know, the lack of attribution. But uh, I read something about this entire series has been in Homer's mind and he is – there was uh, an episode very early uh, where he ends up uh, falling or something uh, and ends up in the hospital and they're talking about, you know, he could have been brain dead and that actually everything that happened after that was sort of so off the deep end, so fantastical that it, you know, could it be maybe um, and that it stays current because the, there's the TV on in his room and there's family and friends talking about current events and that's why everybody still that's why there's all the same characters all the time that's why the children haven't aged that's interesting i I definitely would be okay with that would you the it's all a dream i mean how many times has that backfired for so many other series do you think this isn't dallas this is the simpsons it's different (laughs) yes it's an animated show it's not like we're trying to find out who shot jr we're just we enjoyed the show for no. We're trying to figure years. out who shot Monty Burns, <laughs> and it turns out that it was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and if any of you write in, oh spoilers! How dare you? <laughs> Just how dare you? Uh, okay, so but I mean, at that point, do you think that? So this is the the, the question I'm getting to. Do you think this instance could do a jump the shark? Holy crap! I can't believe they did that finale, and everyone goes, <sighs> okay, yeah, that's a good end. Like you I, mean like like. Uh, you know, I can't even do it. I can't even spoil it. Sorry, you just started watching The Sopranos, and I can't spoil it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. But, listen. I, okay, do you want, hold on. Do you want to take the minute to address the fact that I just started watching if The Sopranos? If I didn't mention it, I would receive some sort of verbal chastising from my wife. Okay, well, so well here comes those out there. Well, here comes the, the, the addition to the verbal chastising. I've never watched The Sopranos. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. I am saved. I watched oh, yeah. uh, maybe about the first half of the first season when I worked at a, a video store that, that is no longer with us. Rest in peace. And um, I just. No, never... that thing was a piece of scum, and I'm glad it's. Whoa, 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 whoa. Man. Whoa. Listen. The, okay. With all your late fees, how the hell did Blockbuster go out of business with having $900 not, in late fees? The Sopranos started this whole hour-long series craze it started it so here's here's the answer as to why i haven't watched the sopranos until now it started in 1999 i I was in seventh grade i was uh working (laughs) (laughs) full-time um i that show was not part of my i wasn't allowed to watch the simpsons how the hell was i going to get away with the sopranos man that's really cool it's legit We've we've actually really digressed. We're gonna come back to this on another podcast, but I, yeah, I no, 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 it's Shows my fault. It's my fault for seen. bringing it up. My fault. Uh, so anyway, it comes down to this. I, I think this is a sign for the Simpsons that um, things are winding down, just like you said, Josh. 
I believe that having an actor of this caliber doing this big of a role is devastating to the cast, but I think that they're going to try to still put on the best show possible to give their viewers who have stuck with them for so long uh, a good farewell. And I'm okay with how they're going to do it. I know you're not happy with the fact that they're going to recast some of these ca- uh, these these characters. John. I almost wish he owned the rights to the characters. But but you know what? You need to say goodbye to some of these characters. And with this notice, I don't think you're going to get a goodbye. I don't think they could literally write in a goodbye to some of these characters, especially with uh, the amount that he does. So you're going to get some satisfying they're gone. And maybe they'll do it slowly. Maybe the people that are taking over these characters get it for a few episodes and then they're gone. And they get to say, hey, I was on The Simpsons. And that's another career that could be started by The the Simpsons. It's just another person. You know, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have a slew of people that are working in Hollywood. Writers, producers, directors, actors. Even some of the people that did guest appearance that weren't exactly culturally relevant once they got on The Simpsons got a big jump. So I think we'll be happy with that, and I think we'll we'll be okay. And I think that The Simpsons is in good hands, and they know how to, to end something. Just like Brian said, they knew how to wrap up Futurama correctly. Let's put faith in them that they can wrap up The Simpsons right. Indeed. So my thoughts on that. <laughs> so I want to jump to the next subject here. Um, Josh wrote in, an amazing article for Doctor Who for Beginners. And for the scope of people here, I put this as one of our best articles on the website, Thanks, Josh. Man. Right next to Bri- right next to the Daredevil 101 from Brian, <laughs> which I have read several times. <laughs> Seriously, I've read both of your articles a lot, and I, I freaking write on the site. Uh, so that should say something that I will continuously visit thatkindofnerd.com just to read an article that I've already read. Uh, Josh, you kind of laid down, I think, the best spoiler-free um, way to kind of convince somebody to start watching Doctor Who. And you had the the Ten Commandments, right? The commandments of, of Doctor yeah. Who. Can you just kind of rehash those a bit for us and kind of walk us through what those are and, and your thoughts behind some of them? Yeah, I don't... You know what's funny is that I don't have... I don't know how this is possible, but I don't have my own article ready to go. The, um, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, I, I started thinking of how am I going to do this and what is... Uh, what do I really need to convey, right? And what I didn't want to do was make it something that only certain people would understand. I, I wanted I wanted it to read like I've seen the whole thing, which I have. Uh, I wanted people who have seen the entire series to read it and say, yeah, that's cool. That's a good idea. But I didn't – I wanted it to define a few things. I, I wanted to explain who the doctor is. I wanted to explain who his companion is is or are. Um, and then in the commandments, um, I wanted to give some broad strokes. The doctor is old where well, we know that, but you don't know how old until you start watching it. But within the first few episodes, you hear that he's 900 years old at that time. Um, you, why he has a companion. And, and then I build in little things um, sort of based on conversations that you and I had CJ, when, when, uh, Chris Eccleston regenerated and became David Tennant, and I was angry about it. Yes. Yes, you um, were. Very angry. I was angry about it, and you just said, listen, it's just keep watching. I promise it'll be okay. So I did, and, you know, sooner or later we got through uh, pouty McPissy pants, and we got into Matt Smith, and and then everything was okay again. Whoa, 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 whoa. One does not get to talk about David Tennant in that <laughs> manner. Okay. Um and 
I use some humor from the show. Obviously, it's in there. Um, and again, just as a guiding, you know, you, you're gonna have favorite characters. You're gonna have characters that you absolutely despise. See, you can't say Martha Jones to CJ without CJ oh, God, throwing don't something. Just don't, at you. just don't, just don't. <laughs> That's awful. Why would you do that? <laughs> so let let me give some context. So I I, I have the the thought here. Doctor Who, for American audiences, that is, is kind of like a, a geeky pay it forward. Uh, someone comes to you and says, hey, uh, you need to watch this show. It's called Doctor Who. I think you'd really like it. And then you go, uh, I don't understand who the Doctor Who is. And you're like, no, no, no. Um, it's it's not who is Doctor Who. It's it's the Doctor. And you're like, this is a stupid rule. There's rules already. Like, th- you're just telling me about the title. There's rules. I'm out. And someone has to go, no, 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 no. But trust me, it's worth it. So Josh, I went to Josh and I said, listen, you need to watch Doctor Who. I think you'll absolutely love it. And he was like, no, no, not going to do it. And I was like, but no, you should you should really watch it. And he was like, you should watch Sons of Anarchy. I was like, no, I don't think I'll watch Sons of Anarchy. I'll pass on on the Sons of Anarchy. And then we made a deal. And what was hilarious was the scale of this deal. Uh, at the time, at the time, Sons of Anarchy was still a current show. It was still airing. It, it, it hadn't wrapped. And he said, you have to watch all of it. You have to watch all of Sons of Anarchy, and I will watch one season of Doctor Who. So the ratio on this, by the way. <laughs> you drew the short just straw. A little, just a little too high. But I, I was okay because I knew that once you get into this show, once you get in there, you're hooked. So a little bit of context for everybody. This show is old. It's been on for over 50 years, but it's been broken up in bits and chains. So we just talked about a show like running 38 seasons or 28 seasons. And, you know, we're talking about Doctor Who 50, but it's not 50 continuous. No, 63 to 89 was was uh, it was and it was broken up. But that was the the, yes. the tenure, basically. And when uh, when they brought it back in uh, 2005, with uh, series one of, of Doctor Who and, and Chris Eccleston as the ninth Doctor, um, it yeah it was campy and it was hard to watch and you 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 it but is. you push you put you do you push through that um, and I'll say this there are few there are a few shows that can trigger a range of emotions like that and the there there's every character has sort of has a theme. Uh, each doctor has a different theme sort of song. <clears throat> Pardon me. And not their um not the entrance music, not the opening, whatever, but they each have this when they're about to get serious, when something's about to get awesome, you hear this theme. Yeah. If you go to that kind of nerd.com and you read this article, when the article opens, you hear the theme of of the eleventh doctor, Matt Smith, uh, who I, I will just he's my doctor. He's the one that I identify with. And and that's and that's another feature of this. This show, since we're talking about spanning such a time, it's a staple in the BBC catalog. And it came over here to PBS in about the 60s, 70s, and people started to get exposed to it at, at later runs, essentially. And everybody has a doctor. So there is one character. The, the, the name of the character is the doctor. But there are different actors who play him throughout time. And you will find yourself at one point dramatically emotionally attached 
to a person. And as Josh said in his article, don't worry if that person changes because you'll always have your doctor with you and you'll see the influences of your doctor throughout all the others. So I was a huge fan of, of, of David Tennant and that's what made me stick into the doctor and identify with him as my doctor. I don't know if he's my favorite one, but he's the one that I will always defend no matter what. Um, you do, you no do, matter you what, do Josh, defend him no matter what. No matter what, I will defend David Tennant's doctor. And you'll find yourself very, very ready to go. Now, Brian, I think I also got you into Doctor Who, too, part of my pay it forward technique. Yes, yes, you did. And I don't think it was as reluctant as Josh was because I, did I have Josh to back me up on this? You had Josh to back you up. So he, I remember you coming up to me. We were talking about something and I forget how it got brought up. But you're like, oh, you should really watch Doctor Who. And I'm like, I like to start things from the beginning. So I'm not going to watch. <laughs> I'm not going to watch like 30 years of, of a show just to get to what you say is good. I just don't want to watch that. And I, I think it was Josh who was just like, no, dude, just start at series two, 2005 going forward. Just start there. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. At that point, the only exposure I had to Doctor Who, I think I caught half of an episode on BBC while I was like getting ready for school one morning. Uh, The the um, I forget what the name of the episode is. It was with the kid. There's like, are you my mommy? And and uh, and that was a great episode. episode. Great episode. Um, The doctor dances. Yes. There you go. So and um, it it was enough to intrigue me. So you guys were talking about it. It was it was uh, enough to make me think. Well, maybe I should go back and watch it. So I, I did, and I cleaned through six seasons, and because the seventh season was still airing, I cleaned through six and a half seasons inside of a month, maybe, and I'm rewatching it now. So, um, I, I've always been a huge fan of Tenant. Honestly, uh, he's he was usually the the one I would defend, and I, I remember defending him to Josh a couple times. Uh, but I'm rewatching it now, and I just got. Back into the Matt Smith run, and I was like, I really like Matt Smith. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't not. He's you can't not love Matt Smith. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see any alternative. And I think I'm, I, I can't drive this point home any more clearly um, than I do when I'm when I in, in what I said in the article. Uh, I do believe that you're going to laugh a lot. I, I, I know you'll cry. I did, and I, you know, mm-hmm, absolutely. It's, it's look. It's rough. It's there's some stuff in there, man, that that you can't help but get emotional about, and you're going to be angry. I was angry several times. Um, yep. As a matter of fact, Absolutely. I still can't. I can't watch Capaldi. I can't. I can't do it. It's Capaldi, first of all. Whatever, it's dude. I can't. Well, I can't. He's he's not my doctor, and I. It, it, you have to I've, watch I've, him. I've made you, this transition now three things. times, and. I each time it got a little easier, but then Matt Smith was gone, and it's not just Matt Smith, right? It's no, the, it's a it's a very different run now. At it's this the ponds and Matt, and it's everything changed too quickly, and I'm just not there yet. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not there. I'm not ready. I can't, <laughs> I can't put myself back out there only to get so, hurt again, CJ. So are there other shows, Josh, that you have this much of an attachment and this much of an opinion to in watching in such a short time? How many see how many seasons are actually available from the reboot? Seven, Seven seasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then you're you got your specials day of the doctor and time of the doctor and everything. Yep. But it's like about seven seasons. Yeah, it's it's seven seasons. All every, of them are on every, Netflix. Everything from 
ninth, tenth, eleventh, and everything that happens in between. And if we're talking about a show you can binge watch, this is a show you just get lost in. And a a lot of people's like adversity, I find, is like, oh, I'm I'm not really into the sci-fi stuff, and. It's really it's it's a morality tale kind of wrapped in a sci-fi wrapping. It's fantastic. Yes. It's more character driven. It's one of the most character driven shows I've ever seen. It is incredibly character driven. It's not, you know, story just to have a story. Um everything is you know, short story arcs, usually just one to two episode story arcs until you get to um the 11th Doctor which it it's two seasons of a story arc. And mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't. You have to watch the show. You have to watch it. And you got to jump in. It's it's great. And I'll and I'll preface this too. We talk about a lot of really nerdy things on this show, and we a lot of nerdy things on this no. show. And we get pretty nerd ragey about weird, crazy things. The community around Doctor Who, which by the way, if you do start to fall in love with Doctor Who, you are called a Whovian. Uh, is extremely strong, welcoming. And doesn't judge you if you didn't watch the stuff from the 60s and the 70s and even before that. Uh, Some of it's even actually hard to find. You can't get some of the older Doctor stuff in there. Uh, I jumped into the fourth Doctor right now. I'm really enjoying it, but it's it's a little 70s sci-fi and you kind of have to go for it. It's a British television show in case we need to make that obvious. Uh, so there are some terms that sometimes you catch yourself going, wait, what the heck? What, what's a jammy dodger? And why the heck does that have any relevance to anything? And the answer is Google it and then laugh your ass off once you figure it all out. This show has also launched a couple of, of actors and, and actresses that you will now know. And once you see David Tennant in, in the role of the doctor, you will now notice that he is in everything. Like, I don't know how many crossovers, with Doctor Who to Harry Potter, he's there are. He's in the fourth Harry Potter. He's in the fourth Harry Potter. Well, he's and, actually the uh, doctor a- trying to stop Edward <laughs> Bar- from Barty, happening in Twilight. Barty Crouch, did- Barty Crouch Jr. Yes, did- didn't you read that theory? He is the doctor who came back in time don't, to try and kill Cedric Diggory, don't. so Twilight never happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, Sparkling fine. vampire so- shit. <laughs> Josh Josh has a great rule for it, and it's, it's a quote from the show, and things are going to get wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Things are going to look a little weird and crossish, and I want to do this. I want to see your recommendation, guys, that you would recommend to someone who is new to Who and what they should start with. My first pick is you should watch the episode Blink uh, with David Tennant. It is a great way to get into the series. It's probably one of the best written episodes of the early seasons um, by Stephen Moffat, and it's a phenomenal way to just jump into things and start realizing that time is kind of wibbly wobbly. How, how do you just jump into Blink without ever watching Rose? Like, that's how do the you, best, you? But that's so, the best part about that episode because it's the episode that right. I've used to introduce a couple people to it. He, the Doctor, is barely in it. It's not about him. It's about uh, what's her name, Cindy Sparrow. And it mm-hmm. follows yep. her throughout the entire episode. But the story is still so engaging. And like the few scenes that the doctor is in, you immediately like connect with him that you want to go back and watch more. The reason that is a great way to jump into it, Josh, is because you get a fresh perspective of you have no idea who this man all is right. at all. You then, have no I have it, then I have you a get, different answer. And it's uh, it's it's the 11th hour. Wow. You want to jump? You want to jump there to if start? You want to know who the doctor is? Yeah. There's there's one scene on the roof 
where he he gets rid of these aliens, right? He chases them away. The and then he called the Atraxi and then he yeah. calls them back, calls them yeah. back just good. to say, listen, you need to look. You need to look closely at this planet. You were just trying to, you know, Earth, this planet you were just about to burn and, and just check who's watching out for it. And what you see is the face of every doctor that preceded mm-hmm. him. Yes. And he ends the conversation with, hello, I'm the doctor. Basically, run. (laughs) That's a great, great episode. In fact, since CJ said Blink, that's my backup episode. And I literally just watched it. Mm -hmm. Literally just watched it today. Um, Because he's got that great line in it. And he's got a great line at the end where he goes to uh, Amy Pond. He's just like, there's one thing you need to remember. And one day it should, it might even save your life. I am absolutely a madman with a time box <laughs> and then walks away. <laughs> uh, and this show, just like Josh said, it's so, it's so well-written. It's so well-acted. You will see famous people that you know uh, making cameos in this show or even getting their start in, in the show. Um, I believe it's Simon Pegg's in an episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, could list everybody. Yeah. Well, you just talked about Blink and uh, uh, Carrie, uh, whatever her name is, is in that. I don't remember her name. Heath Heath Ledger's uh, baby mama. I don't know, man. I'm right? not. I don't know. I don't. I don't read us us okay. weekly. Like, but uh, John Barrowman, <laughs> who's currently on uh, Arrow, got to start there. Yes. Um, I have a theory that these two shows are going to tie in together. Never mind. <laughs> it's a stupid theory. I'm just theory. saying, listen, it's a stupid we don't theory. know what happens. We don't know what happens between Rosal Ghul and the face of Bo. So I'm just saying. No one knows. Here's the thing. Like, after after just the, the end of it and wrapping up the Who for Beginners, I want Who fans to read the article. I, I'm prouder, and thank you for what you said, CJ, but I am prouder of this article uh, than anything I've written in, in some years. And, and uh, it took a lot. Like, it took a lot of rethinking and you know, redoing things and is, should this be here? What, what should I take out? But uh, at the end, I, I think it's a good product and, and I think everyone should read it, watch the show. And here's something that tonight, and, and we're going to talk about this. So I'm just going to introduce the next topic. It We're about to talk about a, a, some DC on TV and there was a, a, uh, a, a trailer for legends of tomorrow in which mm-hmm. halfway through the trailer, you're introduced to a character and I'm I, Laura is watching the trailer. She goes, "It's Rory! It's Rory!" And Rory. then, and then she goes, "Wait!" And he's a Time Lord, and he's wearing a long <laughs> coat. So I, there's your crossover, by the way. He's he's wearing a long coat, and he's a Time Lord, right? I, we don't know what the angels right. did with him. Uh, yes, we so, do. Yes, no, we, we do. We never. Okay. He, anyway. He, okay. Anyway. Let's listen. We're transitioning. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, Brian, I did. I'm into excited. the section that CJ is going to try so hard not to take a shit on DC. <laughs> it's called DC on TV. Well, listen, out of everything that DC's doing, this is the one thing that you don't have to right. Shit on. So why the fuck can they not get their shit but together sh- and make their movies as good as their television shows? I'm done. Someone else leave this okay, conversation. Brian. So, so okay. So uh, as Josh mentioned uh, last night slash this morning. Uh, we just got a glimpse of the new spinoff series coming out of both Arrow and Flash, uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow. And it, it's pretty much, they are a team of time-traveling superheroes, essentially, uh, led by Rip Hunter, who is played by Rory. Uh, Rip Hunter, who Arthur, is... Arthur Darvel. Ar- Arthur yes, Darvel. Yes, can we use I'm his name? I'm sorry, he's always Rory to me. Yeah, he's, he's um, always Rory to me, too. He's always Rory. Uh, yeah, Arthur Darvel plays um, Rip Hunter, who is a, a time lord. He's a time master. 
And um, I actually have to stop you at this point to say that when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I said, Amy Pond, no. <laughs> I saw David Tennant as Hamlet before I even saw him as Fair the doctor. Enough. So if you really want to go so, for weird, Brian, can that's you that's can you give cool. me just I don't know the legends of tomorrow. I don't understand this at all. So really, the, the concept of the show, this is kind of a new concept. Well, not new. It's taking a concept from uh, DC comic books uh, where Rip Hunter and, and a couple of people that he enlists time travel um, to stop things that are that are going wrong, things that are uh, kind of fraying in the time stream that aren't supposed to happen one way. They go back and they repair that kind of stuff. Um, They're and, fixing cracks in time. Yeah. Essentially, just checking. I'm just there checking. are other time traveling villains. Yes, yes, another Doctor Who reference. There are time traveling villains who would love to go back in time and you know smother Bruce Wayne when he was a kid or something like that. And, and these are the guys who jump through time. Can we smother the show stuff. Gotham? Can we just smother that out <laughs> of wish. existence? Is that a possibility? I wish we could. Um, while CJ takes another shit on DC, yes, out of the entire, we're going to count them. We're going to make a little tally every time we take a shit on DC in this episode. Out of the entire DC television universe, Gotham is probably the worst part of it ever um but that's that's a topic for another oh another i think time. that remains to be determined on our second television show we're going to talk about yeah well so let's let's finish this one up so listen let's finish this yeah uh, we're taking two we're taking two television series on the cw that have been phenomenal successes which i think are right now the leading force with D, with dc's plan of just being on any screen regardless of size and we're taking some of the characters that we've met and some new characters that we haven't met, and we're making a new show. And my question is, with every spinoff that we ever seen, is this one that is this going to be okay? We've already spun a flat, uh, arrow into Flash, and now we're splitting off these two shows into a new one. Are, are we pushing for too much? Like, do we see the succeeding? Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I think DC has really kind of pushed the boundaries of what's believable with Flash. Like Arrow is so grounded in reality and just like, oh, I can see somebody grabbing a green hood and, and jumping off of rooftops. But then on Flash, we got a little bit more fantastical and uh, a little bit more superhero-y. And, and we kind of pushed the boundaries of what was believable there to the point where I, I think a show about time traveling superheroes is totally going to work. Especially since we already have people who we've introduced in the other shows that we like. We like Ray Palmer. He's awesome. Yes, we, we do. We like um, White Canary and, and Sarah and... and I disagree on that. But I like okay. Sarah, and that's all that matters. Because I like Sarah Lance. I like Sarah Lance as well. I uh, I can't get no, past that actress. No, I yeah, and it's not her and her butt check. White Canary. I just I'm done with a, a deceased assassin. No, no, no. See, deceased means <laughs> deceased. So some, I think I don't think you're using that word right. <laughs> that word does not mean what <laughs> right. I think. So you think it means. here's the only thing. The only thing I'm excited about is actually Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell mm-hmm. uh, as Captain Cold and Heatwave. Uh, I like the pair. I'm going back to Prison Break. I was going to say Prison Break. Yeah, for you I, I really like the pairing there. And uh, I love basically everything Arthur Darville does. So I think the way this show goes is really going to be about that character, about Rip Hunter, about that character. Yeah. But I think over overarching, I think this is a huge mistake. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you there. So yeah. let me let me get you some, let me get us some context for our listeners here because we dove into this and I want to direct you to something. So take a minute, pause it if you have to. Go to thatkindofnerd.com and you'll see the trailer. It's about a four or five it's minute long. trailer. Yeah. It's actually yeah. pretty, 
It's pretty long, but it gives you a good sense of what the show is going to be about. It's not a teaser. They're trying to they're trying to sell you this show. And listen, there's moments where you're like, yay, and moments like stupid, and moments are like, yay, and it's a roller coaster. And I think that's where some of my trepidation comes in as as well, Josh, is that this show, even in selling it to me, has some dips and waves in that section. How long can we sustain a spinoff of we have to travel and stop something to the point you're just like, why don't we just go back to the first time we made? Oh, all right, never mind. I was going to do a time travel paradox. Can't do it. But why don't we just do something that to, to stop this from ever happening? So here's if, here's what excites me about this show. And I'm going to go please. on. Like, and it's it's really from a comic book perspective because I see so much potential for some really cool things to happen. And, and this is where like this is the springboard that we can kind of use to spin out other characters. Like we can travel back in time and, and meet Bruce Wayne when he's a kid and not in Gotham. And uh, we can. Can we, though? Well, probably not. Can I wouldn't we? recommend it. Here's the thing. They've been really good about taking, for lack of a better term, B-list characters and making them really cool. Green Arrow is a yeah. B-list character, and that show's fantastic. But like, there's a whole DC universe of these type of characters that just will never see the light of day on a movie screen, but will work perfectly in this kind of venue. And I, I really hope that that they take this opportunity to kind of explore some of that and maybe throw in a character here or there that maybe we can make their own show of, or maybe it's just be I, cool to see. I agree. I just think that it's at some point too many B list characters just becomes mystery men. You know what I mean? Well, and, and here's the, and here's the one thing and you guys won't know what I'm talking about, but anybody who's read a comic book will, um, in one of the recent episodes of flash, uh, reverse flash is talking to Eddie Thawne, his, his ancestor, and makes a point of telling him that he is the only Thawne who has been forgotten by time. And at first I was like, eh, okay, yeah, whatever. And then hearing what the concept of the show is about and reading some stuff online, um, the, the ongoing theory is that Eddie Thawne might turn into Booster Gold, who, for no for people who don't know... I know who I, Booster he, Gold is. He's all Okay, so he he's from the future. He's, I, a, I he's, a from, he's from the future. He's a washed-up football star right. who... Goes into some museum, steals a bunch of time travel equipment, steals a superhero outfit and says, you know what? I'm going to be awesome in the past because I already know everything that's going to happen. He's constantly looked down on as this glory hog who's only in it to, you know, get what's in it for him. Because he talks and about the, himself in the third person all the time. Right. And in the comic book, Rip Hunter kind of grabs him and says, guess what? You're going to help me repair the time stream type of thing. And, and he, that's his moniker is that he's the world's greatest superhero that no one's ever heard of because he's saved so many people and he saved the world over and over again, but because he's time traveling, no one sees him, no one knows it's happening. He is having a huge influence on the DC universe. And I think it would be amazing if they spun Eddie Thawne's character into that character. That is a concept I could be behind. I think you it's I the, think you'll it's see the it thankless though. man behind the scenes making things right. Correct. And I but that's the but that's the concept. It's just a team making things correct. And I, I think by the end or mid of this season, I think Eddie's go, you're going to see Eddie disappear from Flash because he has nothing left to live for. Honestly, he, he's going to lose Iris. He's knows that his aunt, his descendant becomes a horrible human being. And um, he's going to join this time traveling squad and it's probably just, lead it just it. seems like it's like a crappy squad. And then why don't they just erase Ra's al Ghul from everything ever, and that fixes pretty much everything. It's time locked. 
Your your time. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was just about to remember when I said other dudes should go back, and then as apparently the whole reason you want to go back in time is it stops them from happening. The same reason why doctor why the doctor happening. can't stop Pompeii. <laughs> that's that's okay. just the way it is. Or in the Big Bang Theory, where uh, Leonard is sitting in the time machine and Sheldon's like, "Are you okay?" He says, "No, but I wish I could go back and not have this conversation." And Sheldon's like, "Well, classic time dilemma. If you go back to stop this conversation, it was the whole reason you went back in time, and you can't so do done. it." Yeah, your motivation for stopping the conversation is Con- over. Congratulations, you can't time travel anymore. <laughs> right? Shake your head all you want. That just yes, made it sense. did. Made sense. Yeah, you so, can't use Terminator right, or I, Back to the Future logic on this stuff. <laughs> I will. I will listen. Unlike many projects with DC, I'm willing to give this one a shot because I trust sure. the CW to do something yeah. with it, and I, I trust it to to happen. And I like some of these characters, and I'm going to ignore the fact that the man who was playing the Atom was at one point Superman. Uh, I will get over that as much as I. He's possibly a great can. actor, regardless of Superman Returns. I don't know about great. I mean, he, come, dude, uh, he yeah, is an actor. Hugh, thank you. You have yes. not seen Chuck. And you probably haven't seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which are two of his greatest roles ever. I oh, saw Zach God. and Miri make a porno. He kind of peaked in that. In those right. two oh, shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't wait until we watch the show and you're like, oh, my gosh, I really like the Adam. And I'm going to be like, listen, I'm going really to mic want him drop. To save. Boom. I want him to have a career again. I thought he was. I thought he was good in Superman Returns. I thought Superman Returns blue. But I, I thought he was good, and yeah, I absolutely loved slash wanted to punch him in the genitals in Chuck. <laughs> uh, so I was okay with that. But I'll tell you something I'm not okay with: Supergirl. <laughs> the trailer for Supergirl came out Which from is the like CBS. Six and a half the good folks. Long. Oh my god, it's ridiculous! The good folks of CBS who brought us The Big Bang Theory, one of the greatest comedies, has turned Supergirl into the devil wears Prada and she flies. That's the point. I'm so uh, okay. So you have to help. I'm me. going to. I'll feed you, baby. Don't worry. I don't understand this Supergirl character because this seems like you took all everything I hated from Scrubs, the last season that doesn't exist on Netflix, and you put uh, superpowers on it. Defend yourself. I dare you. It, listen. Superheroes in general and the superhero genre and these shows are very teenage boy, older, middle-aged men driven. I, I think giving Supergirl, Supergirl A is a strong female character who's extremely interesting. And, and as long as they do this kind of crossover between Devil Wears Prada meets capes and balance it out well, I think it's going to be highly entertaining. I think they're just trying to reach an audience that they haven't reached before. But listen, let me... Let me put in my let me put in my two cents. As the father of a five year old girl who is incredibly strong and incredibly sassy and so smart and wonderful, I think it's important that to your point, CJ, that there are strong female characters um right. out there, just as as I get so fired up about every commercial on American media portraying the the father figure as an idiot you know homer simpson right. is an idiot yeah. i get it i'm not that guy so i want i want zoe to have strong female figures to look at and brian is right supergirl is a strong female figure this show is not making her a strong fi- here's here's something very interesting right. brian you put me on to uh max landis's youtube channel about some other <laughs> some wrestling thing it's 
it's amazing, right? It's um, fantastic. But he did a segment called Regarding Clark, where he talked about Superman. And I, I, I went, I referenced that because I wanted to know more about the power itself, right? Because the Superman power isn't really a super, it's, he's just, it's Kryptonian. That's what he is, right? That's how he right, gets yeah. it. So is she. Now, what Max Landis said is that instead of absolute power corrupting absolutely, in this case, in Superman's case, and in this case of Supergirl, absolute power absolves Superman of human insecurity. And here's the problem mm -hmm. with Supergirl. She is, for whatever reason, a ball of human insecurity and doesn't ever – She's a superhero who's telling everyone she's a superhero because she wants the attention and the validation. And I don't ever want my daughter to feel that way, ever. I think the trailer may have portrayed that. I don't know if the series is going to. I would say at least But that's how you're starting it, and it's you're starting it with that. That's how you presented it to the audience at the first time, the first glimpse of this show. And that's the impression that we're giving to people. So let me backtrack for a quick second because I want to see if this is CBS changing canon or is this canon? Is is Supergirl this – not neurotic. What's the word I'm looking insecure. for? Insecure. Is, is, is she, she insecure? Is she this insecure? In the comic books you're asking me? Yes. Is this canon? Are they augmenting the character to fit a demographic that they're wanting to hit or is this how she's always been portrayed? Um, well, in the comic book there's like – Three different versions of Supergirl, one in the 80s who was actually an alien, um, and then they reintroduced her recently. And, I mean, she's not super insecure, um, but she is struggling to fit in to, you know, just like Superman is just struggling like, to yeah, fit just, in. Just like Kal-El. That's not – but that's not that's not insecure that I get – I get you want to change the demographic. I see where you're going, CJ. It's, it's, I, it's the thing I thought too. We need – and this, Laura said the same thing. They need more girls to watch superhero. Look, that's not the way I want my daughter to see it, at, that regardless of how powerful you are, you always care about what everybody else thinks and how you look and how you – no, 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 no. This is not – this is not worthy of Superman. And and that's the thing I had on this too. And, and uh, Josh and I, unfortunately, for, for our listeners, we have – a slight part in our heart where we're wrestling with this because we both have daughters and, and I'm becoming acutely I have aware no of such what attachments. I, uh, <laughs> I feel so, so sad for Brian. I'm so free. Dobby is free now. Brian's a woman Harry in Potter hearts. reference. You're welcome, Josh. <laughs> Ladies, Brian is available for evenings <laughs> and weekends and long walks on the beach. And if you don't mind uh, coming through some comics and alphabetizing them, he's a wonderful man to have hobbies with. 10,000. I alphabetize um, them myself, sir. I take care of that. Uh, I organize all my records uh, autobiographically. No, no, we were doing so well. We were going so highbrow. We were elevating the conversation. We were intelligent. We tore ourselves for a down, down. Why are we unhappy with ourselves being serious? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I can't be serious Damn for too it. long. I'm oh, sorry. God. Okay. So. So okay. So can I get a can I get an answer on that question? Is this canon? Is this the character that you've seen? And listen, and there's there's several iterations of this. this and you know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. Is this are these traits? Your your answer this is, level of insecurity in there is to a degree. Is she's not she's not a, an attention hog in the comic book? No way. She's she's insecure 
about her place in, on Earth, but she's not, like, seeking attention. If anything, she's seeking her cousin's approval most of all, and that's it. Dude, she comes across like Lindsay Lohan in the beginning of Mean Girls. It's... Yes. I, I yeah. mean, yeah, but I mean... And, and, and I'm not even kidding... The season of Scrubs that that I dare not mention. Yeah, that yeah, that, that is that, that character. Intern, that, I mean, yeah. that literally I don't know is that what character. What season of Scrubs you speak of? <laughs> this does not exist. Eight seasons. That's it. <laughs> so listen, I'm not the only one taking a shit on DC when it comes to this show, uh, which I'm glad to see. I, it's I'm not like, about you know, I'm DC for right. me. It's not about that. If for me, it's I think it's about, about CBS. I no, think DC had to say yes. You have the rights to this character. You know why they this said yes? Because it's not the CW calling. It's CBS. So. Of course they had to say yes, but I, I, this is not a show I would want my daughter to watch. No, I'm not into it right now. So my question is, if we could see, if we can have our fans, if we can have our listeners, if we can have our own uh, ideas as to how you would save this show, what do you do differently? What do you do in that pilot that to change it? Who, by the way, who else is in this cast? Because they they did mention the fact that they call her Supergirl because she comes into the it's office. It's Callista of Flockhart. The, is there is her yeah, call? Callista really Flockhart. Only. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Who's um, so? Who, she walks who in, at this point is I think what's the the like the surrogate bodies that <laughs> Bruce Willis and his partner were piloting. She's one of those. I don't think there's there's a, a whole lot of natural like. I don't think she's human anymore. I think she's been worked over to the point where. Oh, you mean actually her? You don't mean her character? Yeah, you mean her? yeah, no. If if she was outside in the sun for too long, she would Good definitely start Lord. drooping. So and look, it's to save this show. What do you do? Um, stop underestimating the strength of the female teenagers or or the female in this country. Stop underestimating what they're capable of, and stop thinking that every one of them is a ball of nerves. Uh, you know what? Cause everybody is at some point, but I think you're, you got the wrong jump off. I want to address one thing. Um, sh- she walks into Supergirl, walks into uh, Meryl Streep in Devil Wear Prada's office. And it was like, I ca- you can't call her Supergirl. Uh, she's why not Superwoman? And Clissel Flarkard does that. Well, I'm a girl speech and girls, not as bad as a word. And they're trying to defend the title. But we watched Arrow start off as a show called Arrow. And when you started it, he was just Oliver Queen. Then it was the hood. And then it was the vigilante. And then he was Arrow. And now he's going to turn into the green arrow. You can not name the show, not name the character, the name that you just synonymously pick right away and show growth and maybe if you still want to make her a little neurotic or a little insecure, you could do that. But you're starting off on the wrong foot, in my opinion, and you're putting the wrong perception out to people. But she's not neurotic. Because I she's, don't – She's – since her entire life – Neurotic's the wrong word. You're absolutely she, right. For her entire life, she's been better at everything than everyone else around her. So at, yes. at, at, at most, she is hiding who she is. But that – that should make her insecure. It should make her superior. And going back to Max Landis, uh, if you are a Kryptonian on Earth, you have two options. Save the weaker humans or take over the planet. Yeah, it's, it's the Zod versus right. you know, Superman right. dilemma. It's what do you do? So, Josh, you're rebooting this series for your daughter. You got your opening scene. Do you call her Supergirl? And then what are you hoping that I'm she fine. says? I'm fine with Supergirl. The title, I don't mind. And the only part 
the only part of that trailer that I really liked was Callista Flockhart saying, I'm a girl and I am your boss and I'm powerful and I'm influential and I'm smart and I'm hot. And if you think that any of that is wrong, then maybe the problem's you. That's the only part that gave a positive message in this in this entire trailer. And if you're going to make the show about that message. that message, fine. But everything that we've seen is completely contradictory. So I will also give them credit for this. So I want to take a little shit off their pile, just a little. Uh, the costume. They um, they went through the fashion show of the costumes, and they started off with a pretty slutty one, right? In my opinion, yeah, right. It was it was pretty. They had the belly yeah. thing, and uh, she didn't seem to like that. And then she came out with what resembles a traditional Supergirl outfit, where it ha- it, it it has the, the dress and it's got the cape, and and it doesn't show a whole lot of of skin, but she still has you know her feminine shape to her. She just she's not turning into a a, a man. She does still show her body, but it's in a tasteful way, and I think that sends the right message to young men, too, who are going to watch this show and boys who are going to watch this show that this isn't someone that you should objectify. This is someone that should be treated like you know a piece of meat. This is a person. So I'll give them a little credit for that. They at least attacked the costume in the right direction because this could have just gone to sex sells. Let's just do it. And and let that ride. So I give them I give them props for that. Yeah, I think that I think that in that case, you well, let me say this. I think by over sexualizing uh, any any character on any show at this point, you're asking for trouble. Uh, people are smarter than they were 10, 20 years ago. It doesn't <laughs> sex sells, but it, in a way that people don't care about as much anymore. Because I think it's more important to be a strong person, a strong individual with your own thoughts and feelings and 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 respectful of others than it is to sell sex anymore. Brian, is this the Supergirl that's in the comics? Um, I mean, it, it's very difficult to tell from just the six minutes I saw, but no. Brian, did you recently you right now, get no. elected to public office? Like you're, you're like shedding. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'm gonna do something this weekend. It'll be fun, and it'll be uh, <laughs> yeah, man. You're, uh, you're, you've deflected this question three times. Yeah, seriously, bro. What's going no, on? Okay, you want straight answer? Let me no. ask you. So no, let me ask you the real question. Did you even read Supergirl? No, like, am I, I asking a question for something I qualified I've, for? I've actually read some Supergirl comics, um, and she is actually portrayed in the comic books as older and smarter than. Clark sometimes he she is a teen like in her teens actually when Krypton gets destroyed and she goes through this like wormhole thing and that's why she gets on Earth later than Clark uh, and looks like a super you know a teenage girl but she's you know technically you know has more experience uh, and knows a lot more about Krypton than than Clark does and she sometimes shows Clark up and schools him on, on how things should get done sometimes she's a much stronger character in the comic book. Um, yeah, she's, she's doing the whole struggling to fit into high school life and, you know, trying to be earthling type of thing. And and Clark does the same thing. And Superman has the same woes about hiding their identity and how to do that. Um, she's not, she's not neurotic. She's not insecure. She's not in it for the attention. And in the show, she's not hiding. She's telling everybody. I mean, that we can, that we know of. I mean, no, I mean, in the trailer, they show her telling everyone. Yeah, I mean, again, she doesn't really do that in the comic book. Um, she's just, she's Superman, just younger and 
so, more. So what I'm gathering, what I'm gathering from you is that this is not canon. This is this is a Hollywood CBS TV stripped down version of Supergirl, and we're not getting the same character that if you are a fan of comic books that you would have. On and the it's page. sad because I want, and and this is my own bias, but I I want. You know, every every female superhero, basically, I want to be Hermione Granger. You know what I mean? Like, I want <laughs> I want that okay, yeah. strong person. Um, I want that strong person for my daughter to see on screen. And and this is man, this comes back to me again. And and I'm going to tie in this into two things. And so I'm going back to shitting on DC again. Uh, we're not going to see any of this tied into any of the television uh, movie series that are, are coming out. Uh, well, just cause because because it's DC separate. and they don't want to tie their TV and movie universe together, <laughs> which would be really, listen. This is the one time you should throw out what's on TV from DC. You know that in Gotham. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna meet somebody from Fox who worked on Gotham you one in day, and I'd be like, "Could you fucking <laughs> shut up? I worked real hard. I did. I did my best. Just let it go." Um. Uh, this is one of those things where I, I, I'm just hoping that this is either short-lived or enough people call in, write in, tweet, whatever they got to do, and they say, CBS, I understand that you're funny. I understand that you get nerd humor. You have the Big Bang Theory, and you have a couple of characters that are on there that are strong female characters who are all nerdy. Three. All who three understand this world, All three of them who are nerdy and who understand this world, and you know you've hit it with those fans. I don't think I can find a single nerd who's like, yeah, Big Bang Theory, fuck that show. Like, screw that. I don't watch that. Yes, and you identify with everybody. Why can't you take some of that same logic and apply it towards, I don't know, a nerdy superhero show? Perhaps? Maybe? <laughs> uh, what, what's, why is that such a far-fetched idea? And maybe I'm an, ide- an idealist, and I'm thinking that Hollywood should work the way that it should work. And at the end of the day, it's, it's all about people who are maybe just a little out of touch with what's happening or people that fully don't get the idea or the people who are running the show started off with the best intentions and they started off with everything that we just talked about that we want to see and some networks whose buddy hit him down and, and took. So let's power. make it right then. And let's hope let's hope that episode one, she has been hiding her superpower for so long that she's lost touch with it a bit and she's taken on of the the full gamut of the human experience and this transformation into supergirl is what leads her to become everything that she was always supposed to be let's i, I th- let's I think hope that there's that for. i hope so I I I won't even try to top that. That's the best thing I could possibly say. So that's our hope. And in the meantime, I'd love to get any any anybody. I, and I I don't mean just women. Anyone who listened to the show who has an opinion about uh, the state that we just talked about and how females are being portrayed. I'd love to open up this dialogue because I think when we were talking about our website and we're talking about that kind of nerd, we don't mean males. We don't mean white. We don't mean straight. We mean anybody can be a kind of nerd and we talked about this culture being very open and i know that our our website and and us us right here on the show would welcome anyone who has opinion that's contradictory or opinion that uh we don't have the the eyes to see through i want to see someone else's perspective on on these kind of issues um so i i really want you to to go talk to us on twitter at that kind of nerd 
I want you to email us at podcast at thatkindofnerd.com. Go to our website where the episode is and, and leave us a comment. Um, you know, if you're our personal friends, shoot us a text. Give us an email. We've got no problem uh, answering them and, and talking about them. And I hope that we've, as, as I said, I hope we kind of elevated the conversation a little bit at the end uh, to kind of talk about things that we think are important in the culture. And I want people to call because I want to start to play some of these calls on, on the air because we, we've got a couple. Um, our number is 484-373-4119. Guys, is there any recap or anything that you want to touch upon the, from our conversation day that you think our viewers need to, to put back into their head after no, this I think, conversation? I think we need to revisit Harry Shearer and just, just to say, good work, sir. Just an amazing yeah, job. Absolutely voicing these characters that have absolutely impacted so many lives. I will, uh, I will always remember, you know, I think for me, it's Skinner, uh, is my favorite Harry Shearer character. And, and I, I can't, I don't think the Simpsons could ever be the same without Harry Shearer. Just, just good work, sir. Uh, and I mean, for me, yeah, uh, I, I've never watched the Simpsons. So really, uh, watch Dr. Who, if you haven't seen it, and you're a little afraid about a a sci-fi show. It's not just that. It's it's a fantastic character-driven show. Um, and uh, also, what people should take away from this is that I am single and looking. <laughs> <laughs> Form an orderly line, ladies. <laughs> just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. All right, and 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 my takeaway from this is, um, again, I want that dialogue with our fans on any of the topics that we cover or topics you don't think we're covering. I, I would want to hear your perspective on them. Uh, I think everyone should take the five minutes out of your life. Go to thatkindofnerd.com. Go read Josh's Doctor Who uh, for Beginners article. It's so good, I, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. It's such a good article, um, and if you're not watching Doctor Who, start. Um, I want to thank every listener for, for hanging along with us during this, this conversation. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, if you're also interested in maybe being a guest or sharing your opinion uh, on this show, uh, shoot us an email, let us know, uh, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. So thank you guys very much. Thank you for listening to the That Kind of Nerd podcast. We want to thank everyone for their support, and it means so much to us that you'll listen to our show. But we still need some help. So on our website, thatkindofnerd.com, we have a link to a GoFundMe campaign that will help us buy more equipment and necessary software to make the podcast. Whether you donate $100 or $1, we appreciate everything that you do, and we'll give you a shout-out on the website and at the beginning of the podcast. So go to thatkindofnerd.com, look for our link for our GoFundMe, and help the show keep going. Oh, yeah. I am saved. Oh, yeah. You're, you're time-locked.